Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, they say the best ideas often start with pen and paper. I know that I've put together a lot of deals on a napkin. My next guest created one of the most iconic board games in America and around the world. He began as a game maker at a very young age and became a game changer. No doubt about it. I'm telling you, Rob Angel is the creator of the classic board game Pictionary. I mean, who would have thought that you could create a game with a pencil and a piece of paper, and that's basically it, a list of names and, and become a multimillionaire? Well, I'm telling you, he did it. And he is also the author of Game Changer, the story of Pictionary, and how I turned a simple idea into the best-selling board game in the world. And it, in fact, is, and you're going to love this episode because we get into the good, the bad, the ugly, and how he turned down his first multi-million dollar offer. Oh my gosh. Hey, Rob, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thanks, Jeffrey. How you doing, man? Pretty good. First, I am going to ask you some just simple questions. That just sure. ones that just intrigue me. Are you good at drawing? <laughs> and it's, no, I'm terrible. Are you, you, you suck at You it. do not want me on your team. Uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> Picture, you can't draw. I actually played a couple of days ago. By the time I was done, they're going, new teammate. I'm terrible. Yeah, I got to tell you, yesterday I told the team that we had you on, and, and of course I drew pictures on our Zoom call to kind of let them know, and they didn't get it. So yeah, no. it was like, yeah, because I'm terrible about it too. I I, I can do good stuff. There's a couple things I can draw, but outside of that, no. But I love playing the game. Do you, do you like playing the game? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Pictionary is the brand isn't the drawing, isn't the name. The brand really is the excitement and the fun that you have. So if you yeah. can't draw, you can't sketch, it doesn't matter. It's like a rock concert. You know, everybody's yeah. engaged. You remember those moments. And so all your senses are live. So drawing is actually not paramount to winning or playing, but to having yeah. a good time. And it's been very iconic. I mean, I actually saw a recent replay of, of, of Big Bang, and they actually had it in Big Bang. Uh, and Sheldon sucked at it, by the way. Oh, I just yeah, want you did. to know. He uh, did. Did well, you see the, that episode? I saw yeah. that episode when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Uh, the Pictionary moment in that. And just for the record, the funny thing about that is with video now, I paused it and I looked at it. It was our competitor. It was win, lose, or draw, but they called it the Pictionary moment because everybody is associated drawing games with Pictionary. So if you yeah. read it up, look at it. So it was it was a nice little. Point. I love that as a brand. As a brand, don't you really appreciate the fact when they use your competitor, but they reference you on the news or whatever? I when I was at Kodak, that would happen to me a lot. Somebody yeah. gave me credit for hiring Lady Gaga for ten million dollars or something for something. I said I didn't do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know, whatever. All the press was great as long as they called it Pictionary because we were the drawing game. So, yeah, everybody just assumed it was great. How did you come up with it? Because, I mean, it, it sounds like such a simple thing. And then all of a yeah. sudden you made money with it. I mean, come on. It's a piece <laughs> of paper and a pencil, you know, or a board and a pencil. Right. Right. Well, it wasn't exactly just all of a sudden, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a party game. I graduated from college. I moved in with three buddies and I was always looking for an idea. Right? I'm a, a schemer and a dreamer, yeah. wanted to be an entrepreneur, never wanted to work for anybody else. So I was always ready. And one day my roommate said, do you want to play 
a gaming learner to college, trades on paper. So we literally got off the couch, two roommates over here, two roommates over here, and we started sketching words. And we just sketched words and we played it night after night, hour after hour. And this is 1982. Wow. Right? So yeah. board, yeah, 22 years old, making $300 a month, mm-hmm. waiting table. But board games were popular. Trivial Pursuit kind of uh, oh, jerry-rigged the, the whole thing. We used to play that, or, and Risk. Risk, Risk back is my favorite game. Yeah, that I take, mine too. That one will take you on. That okay, one I brother, can win. we'll go. World domination. That's it. I used to play in 82. I remember those days. I was in college at the same time. I was playing that game. I I was also working in the U.S. House and Senate at the time, too. So that even took on even bigger proportions. So my favorite game is Risk, for sure. But so I started playing this. So I said one night, you know, this would make a good board game. And because that was the vernacular of the day, right now yeah. it would be uh, a, a an app or a, an a app or a game, right? software game or right. something. Like, but yeah. then barrier to entry, you know, you got to make a game. So uh, nobody remembered in the morning, as the joke was, because a few beers were involved, and for, just the idea didn't leave me for two years. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get started, you know. I got inside my head. I started playing games. I can't do it. I'm just a waiter. And so all these negative self-talk and limiting beliefs totally took over for two years. And I had to stop to get started. I had to stop doing that. And it took you know, it, but that's not surprising at 22, 24 years old yeah. that that goes on because we do have those self-doubts. Um, that do come in and those voices do pop in. Let me take a quick break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about how you got rid of them. And then I want to talk about how you then turned it into a multi-million dollar activity. Cause I think this is the real good story. Hey, we'll be right back after this message. C-Suite radio. Hey, we are back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook because I've got Rob Angel, the founder of Pictionary with me. We're talking about how to draw, you know, into millions of dollars of success. That's what this is all about. How do you get rid of all those voices in your back? How do you draw out your future? I mean, this is all right here. It's all wrapped into one. So now you said you had this idea and it was going. I I can imagine it was a little bit like when you were pitching this idea to the big guys, right? Because that's what you're going to go do. You got to assume you're pitching to the big guys. This is like that Seinfeld episode almost like where they go and pitch a show about nothing. The show's about (laughs) nothing, right? And so it's got to be a little bit like that, right? Well, yeah, we didn't didn't know what we were doing. I mean, I'm waiting tables. I got a couple of partners and and we had no business being in the game business. And so to get out of my head, uh, I had to break it down to its simplest task. That was, that was my, my step. And so to me, it was the word list. So I could get everything that was in front of me, a pad of paper, a dictionary and a pen. uh, And I went in the backyard and I started writing down the word list. Because yeah. I could get my head around that. I didn't have a plan. You know, why well, ruin a good business with a plan? So right. right now it's a word list. And I open it up and I write down the first word that makes sense. Aardvark. That was it. Aardvark. Aardvark. I yeah. wrote down the word aardvark. That's why I call the whole thing finding your aardvark. I still didn't know what I was doing, but I yeah. got started. Right? And that changed everything. That changed my mindset from I'm a waiter to I'm a game inventor. And it took two yeah. years to write aardvark. Uh, excuse me, two years to write the word aardvark. It took 30 seconds to write the second word. It just got faster and faster. Yeah. And so by the time I was done, I was a game inventor. How many slips of paper did you have sitting around the house? Dude, I still have the yellow legal tablet. 67 That's pages. Awesome. I love words. it. 5,096 yeah. words. How many and of those words made it in the first game? 2,500. Really? 
2,500. So I had, you know, I figured if I successful, I could do two versions. Yeah, so I'm right. already starting yeah. to think ahead. Yeah. And, and our business plan, we were going to produce a thousand games by hand in my apartment. That was our first run. It wasn't yeah. through the game, game company. But as you said earlier, our business plan was written, I swear this is true, on the back of a cocktail napkin that my partner took from under my beer. I go, well, how are we going to do this? He writes down, make games, sell games. That was it. That was hey, our business plan. Do you still, I mean, you still hang out and do business with that guy now? Because that's a, that's a, that, that's the, I love the, the big thing you said was break it down. That's breaking it down. We make games, yeah. we sell games. Okay. Yeah, don't ever, don't ever complicate yeah. it. That's and by the way, number three, step and repeat, you know? Yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah. We're still friends. It was over for breakfast a couple of days ago. Yeah. yeah we're still hanging That's, out. That did, do you think it helped you? Would it was, it was now that you've done it, you've done, you've gone on to many other things uh, in your career, but the, the, you know, this one, we're always marked, marked or anointed by that first one. I mean, that first <laughs> big thing or what we really were known for first, yeah. that becomes the thing you can't, you can never shake that. Which, by the way, it's a good question to ask you in a minute is w whether you'd ever like to say that people don't just point at you for something else. And that'd be another thing to ask you, but yeah. are you, are you happier that you didn't know what you were doing? Uh, was that a, oh. or are you, would you rather know what you were doing now and then do it? Oh, without question. If we had to know what we're doing, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. I mean, we, we did everything by intuition, by gut. Yeah. There was no internet to say, how do you market a game? How do you produce a game? We just use our intuition. We said, okay, right. uh, let's try this, see if it works. So without question, too much information would have stymied us because we just had to make choices. You know, yeah. right, wrong, or indifferent, live in them. So uh, I think we get overstimulated, over-researched. Totally. Yeah. We, we wait for perfect when perfect isn't the thing you need. It's, to it's have. never going to happen. Go. Just, yeah. It never happens. Bad. Never happens. So, you know, getting it done is better than perfect, but once you've got it done, start moving to perfect. That's my rule. Co correct. Um, one of the key ones that we have. Did you call it Pictionary? When did it become Pictionary? Uh, right in the beginning. We really? were sitting, yeah, we were sitting around and it was like, uh, you want to come over? Cause we had friends come over, play this game where you drop. So finally, combining pictures and dictionary and yeah. it was an old dictionary. It was an old game. So we said, perfect fi dictionary. It's like from the beginning, it was a perfect that, name. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that was iconic. Wasn't it? I mean, to be able to pick that name. Well, we had trademark issues because there was a game out called fictionary. And so yeah. the trademark was denied. And instead of calling the lawyers and going, okay, how do we fight this? I go, you know, now I'm all of 25 and I go, I'm just going to call the guy. So I called up the owner of the trademark, said, here's the deal. New game inventor. No, it's not going to cause confusion in the marketplace. He goes, sure. And just like that, we got our trademark rather than this long lawsuit. I got to tell you, Rob, you know how many times I've done that with people where somebody else owned the trademark or owned something similar? And I just called them and said, what do you think? Can we work this out now with your website? I'll put your stuff on my page. You put it on your page. Sure. Let's do something. You help me sell it. I'll give you a check. I don't care. You know, and it's a lot easier to do that, isn't it? Right. It's when, you, when you go in gums blazing, that's how they're going to respond. Right? <laughs> go in with a smile on your face. Know your facts. Know what you need. Know what you want. But yeah. just go with a smile and say, let's, let's have a win-win rather than try to, you know, hash this out, you know, with the lawsuit. It's not worth the time. 
So with your experience, I mean, you basically begin, okay, this is Calvin. This is Calvin and Hobbes. There are no rules, right? I mean, that to go, let's go back to that time frame when Calvin and Hobbes was hot. And there are no rules. It, I mean, but there's certain rules that some people have to do to be successful. Pictionary has little to no rules. How can we align ourselves with having no rules to be successful? Well, you got to have you, you got to have a vision. You got to have an intention of what you're trying to accomplish. Because otherwise, you're going to just meander. You're just going to get where you're supposed to be. But if you don't really know the direction, you're in trouble. So our intention was always, always, always to create a game that people would love. Where the yeah. graphics were important. The rules were important. But the ultimate deal of the game was to have fun and people enjoy playing together. And so all the decisions we made were based on that. So we had a plan, we had a goal, we had a dream, and certainly had a vision. So anytime anybody got in the way of that, we said no. We said no more than we said yes by far. And the no's got us to where I am today, not the yes. Well, because those no's really help you define what your real core is going to be and what you want to be, right? I mean, it gets to that real value set of what you're offering and doing. I What changes did you make that transfer or that you've done with other projects that have made that, uh, that have transformed a project. Okay. Yeah. From good to great. What, what, what one or two things did you do maybe with Pictionary or something else where you've just gone, Oh, we made that tweak. And that was right. like, Whoa. Yeah. One, we listened to the, to our, our consumers. We were playing the game. We thought we had it worked out and we're doing play testing and we found out that everybody loved all play more than we even thought they would. So in the game, we made more words all play, which means everybody sketches together. So we weren't so ego driven that we said, here's what we're going to do. We know best. So we were always uh, willing to listen and tweak what we're doing. And two, again, always stayed true to the vision, never veered from that. I mean, we had an opportunity to sell the game, to license the game after two, uh, 18 months to Milton Bradley, biggest game company yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. They offer the biggest royalty rate they've ever given. The big, everything. I'm 26 years old, $500 a month, 10-year-old car, waiting tables. Yeah. All I have to do is sign this contract. All the guarantees, the biggest money. I'm a millionaire. But the one thing they wouldn't put in the contract was they wouldn't touch the packaging or the graphics or the word list or the rules without our approval. Now, again, our vision was this fun game. That's and we cool. couldn't trust them not to do that. That's I said, cool. no. I said, no. Oh, really? Why? Because we didn't know what they were going to do. Our financial future was vested in their efforts. So okay, if they have I got to take a break. I'm going to come back. I want to know why you said no, because I, maybe I misheard you. And I'm going to come right back after this sure. message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're live casting on Facebook and LinkedIn. We're talking with Rob Angel. I mean, what a great name. The founder of Pictionary. We're talking about why right now we're talking about why did he say no to Milton Bradley about hand him millions of dollars and he's saying no. I thought you said they were going to let you decide what words and packaging, but they said, no, no, no. Hey, just, just hey, oh. hey, hey son, move aside. That, that's that, basically what they were saying, right? That's exactly what they were saying. Yeah. And so, we, you know, my partners and I, we had no plan B. We were willing to go back to waiting tables and stay waiting tables and failure than compromise on our vision and our dream and our goal. Yeah. And so we said no to these guys because if they had to start mucking with it, the packaging, the changes, the words, the rules, 
we stayed with it for 16 more years. We weren't going to walk away. I think that's one of the things that licensing people do. These serial entrepreneurs is great. You get a, a liquidity event or you license your product. But, but I didn't want to move on. There was a lot of money to be made. So yeah. we stayed with Pictionary for 16 years. I call it my 17-year startup. So were, were, the, were you guys all good friends and stayed good friends through this whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're not like one of the bands that broke up and like we never like, you know, like Paul and, and John and Ringo, they never talked to each other. No, you know, I, I, I wrote the book, you know, and I, I went back and I started thinking about why. And there's three reasons for partners. One, skill set. You know, a partner that has a skill set you don't have. Two, shared vision, you know, goals and dreams. Okay, that's cool. But the third intangible one is why we're still all friends yeah. is integrity, right? Shared core values. And we all, we all have integrity. That's what was important yeah. to me. And so when the chips were down, and they were, we had each other's back, we could trust each other. And it wasn't butting heads trying to, you know, ego boost the other guy trying to get your, your way. So, so how did fun. you guys, so you walked away and so 16 years before you had that next big yeah. break? Yeah, 2001. Uh, yeah, I mean, after 17 years, admittedly, I was you know, I was getting a little tired, yeah. but had a family. Yeah. And so uh, the timing was perfect. Mattel was looking to uh, expand the board game rights uh, licensing. And they said, we said, well, you know, the international rights are available. Why don't you just buy it? And after a little negotiation, uh, they bought it, gave us our number, which was great, and walked away. And it was, yeah. it was, it was time and it was great. So I asked you before was what was a, something that you ch you changed you you know pivoted adjusted that turned it from good to great was there something that you did that in in that process that you know 17 18 19 20 years that you were running that thing where you said man I wish I would have done this differently like yeah. one thing that's been gnawing on you that you would change what would that be uh I you know I'll be honest with you I would have gotten out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought about that one. Uh, the last five years were, it was a job. I'd lost my passion yeah. because I had a family and all these other external reasons. Uh, that would have probably been the one thing personally uh, that I would have gotten out. In. And I, you know, there was the one business decision was our original licensing deal after we turned out Mount Bradley, a joint venture form to sell the game, but they were entrepreneurs and they're the ones that made us and took us these great heights. We did not put an expiration date in the contract. Uh, I was 25, 26 at the time. Yeah. And they guaranteed us X number of games sold per year. We get the product back. Wow. My eyes were like this. I'm going, that's a lot of money. Right. But we didn't put an expiration date. Business-wise, that cost us a lot. Yeah, because if you 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 have to think through the worst case scenarios, don't you? I mean, that's the pro that's a problem for a lot of entrepreneurs. They don't think, okay, what happens if I'm not going to get along with my partner? Let's let's figure out the worst case, or let's let's imagine that my partner dies and I got to deal with his wife, and I don't like his wife, Jeffrey. Right? My part, one of my partners died in 1995, right in the middle. Of I didn't know that of AIDS, right? So a business partner dies. And so we've got to do exactly that. When we got started, the three partners for including my uncle, we didn't have a partnership agreement. We just had a handshake. We couldn't afford it. Yeah. After about a year, we got our partnership agreement and we all lived up to our word, who gets what. And by then it was a lot easier. But like most contracts, you write them for pretty much worst case and best case scenario. Right. And the goal, put it in a drawer and never have to look at it.
Yeah. And you only look at it when something's going bad. When it's going great, who cares? So you have to take care of yourself legally and handshakes are great, but it, it, it can cause problems, particularly when there's a sale, uh, a liquidity event. That's when people horns start coming out if you don't have an agreement. Well, especially if you've got spouses involved and there's divorces oh, and there's all kinds of other things or, you know, the, the trust from the family, whatever it might be. And just yeah. for those listening, you want this in place. And, you know, where's that napkin when you need it? <laughs> Knock it out on the napkin if that's what it is. But, but yeah. again, you know, we're talking about Pictionary. Draw this thing out because it's important for you to do. Absolutely. You know, when you're an inventor, you know, uh, it includes a lot of failures, you know, and it's kind of like being an entrepreneur. How do you overcome that fear of failure and the unknown, Robert? What would you tell, you know, other people that are looking at this? I mean, you had a great outcome of that, but not everybody does. What would you tell them to, to do or how, how would you get their mental set mindset? Just know you're going to fail. Yeah. No, you are going to be afraid. I mean, it sounds simple, yeah. but if you're not ready for it, you think everything's happy and going to be great. So when something bad happens, you get confused. You go, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. It's going to happen. It's how you deal with it is what changes and what makes you a success. You know, it's the old adage, things happen for you, not to you. Yeah. And, it's, and it's true. I mean, we uh, had manufacturing problems, our worst manufacturing problem. We hadn't even started. We had to hand collate 500,000 game cards by hand in my apartment. It's like taking 10,000 packs of cards, mixing them up, and then trying to unsort them. When it first started, I was like, this is me fear of failure. I was going crazy. This is me 26, not understanding. And I'm throwing the phone and I'm throwing tantrums. He's mother. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But guess what? When we were done, my two partners and I did it together. And the the for me part was we bonded. We understood we had each other's back. It created this connection that we didn't have because we had this, the shared enemy to fight against. And so that set us on the path for the next 15 years of this beautiful friendship and connection. So just know that things are going to happen. So it's how you deal with them when you, and the fear of the unknown. I'm one of those guys. I love the, I love the unknown. I hate knowing what's going to happen next. That's no fun. So, yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like Christmas. You know, you already know what you're getting. What the heck? It's but that, but I mean, that's not to say you don't take care of things. You don't. There yeah. are responsibilities. There's there's contracts. There's marketing yeah. things. You just have to do the job. Yeah, but it's what good but, people do. It's what yeah. good people do. It's what you have to do. It's part of the. It's you know, buck up, buttercup, as I say. <laughs> it's what you. It's what you sign up for. Are yeah. you? Are you? Are you going to invent another game? I mean, I mean, how many yellow pads are you running around with right now? <laughs> well. Funny you should say that, Jeff. Um, I invented another game years ago, and I'm getting ready to I think, dust that one off. Uh, after you know, sold Pictionary, I did nonprofit work for a lot of years. Yeah. The book took me about six years, so that's out now. Uh, so I'm I'm back at a creative stage, and it's really fun. So I've got another game. I've got a TV show. I've got all these ideas uh, that I'm now looking at, and. Getting ready well, a lot more extensions. I mean, think about Pictionary. Pictionary became a game that they that I don't know Jane Jane's running. I can't remember Jane's last name, but but uh, that they put on NBC and they they brought oh, yeah. up on the board. That's well, I, I sold the rights, so I I can't I can't do a Pictionary game. I can yeah. say from the inventor 
of Pictionary. No, but the new game, you're going to think through all these extensions. Oh, because absolutely. back then, you just were like, hey, I got a oh. game. I'm selling a game. You know, now oh. you can do it as an app. You can do it as a TV show. You can do it as a podcast. There's lots of things you can do it as. Absolutely. The technology, yeah. you know, has opened up everything for all old games, new games, Kickstarter. I mean, our barrier to entry was really big back then. You had to find all these financing and prototyping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you push a button and you've got a prototype and you got a game. Uh, you, you know, in fact, the most funded items typically that you see yeah. on Kickstarter are games. Are games. Because yeah. everybody has an idea for a game. But here's the one thing I would actually tell people because they come to me all the time. What is your intention for this? Because yeah. they've got this great idea for a game. And if their idea is they're going to make a lot of money, it's really difficult now because there's so many. So if your idea and your intention is to say you did it or to have your friends play your game and just put it out, okay, that's fine. But if you think you're going to really make a lot of money, you really better rethink that or at least think about your strategy because it's really difficult right now. And those you know, exploding kittens, they wanted $10,000, I think it was, and there is like $3 million on Kickstarter. That's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. So in any business, whether it's games, figure out why you're in it, why you're passionate about it. That will help you decide if you're really going to do it in the first place. I don't know if I want a game called Exploding Kittens, but nonetheless, I it's go, fantastic. I go, is it really? Oh I got to go check it's, it out. I, it's so I'm millions. not in the loop. I'm not it's in the loop. I, my, game, my game's playing just business. It's called business. That's my game. That's <laughs> my game. Hey, Rob, what a pleasure. We're going to have you back because there's a lot more wisdom that we can get to here as we could draw out our futures, right? That's what we're going to do. Thanks Absolutely. so much for being a part of All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you. It was fun. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I learned two things out of this thing. I mean, I really enjoyed this interview. It's one of those interviews that I actually really get into. You can tell when I get into them because they're just so much fun. And I like the one thing he said first was break it down. He created a word list. Just break it down. And I loved what his partner said. We, 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 we do games. We sell games. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that's as simple as it can get. And then the number three is, hey, we step and repeat it. That's what I added to it. So that was one of the things I learned. Um, that, you know, I also like in it, you're not in it for you. I, I like that thing that he said. It's not, it's not about you. You know, it's about what you're doing for others and solving it. So, you know, not woe is me when stuff happens. It's not all about you. Okay. It just, that's just stuff that happens. You got to move on. You got to do it. So I think that was a really good, a good learning because sometimes we internalize this. Oh, I'm a failure. It's me. It's me. It's me. No, it's not. It's your idea. It's the way you did it. It's your financing or it's just stupid people who don't get it yet. How's that? There you go. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget to tune into uh, not only just our podcast, but any podcast that we've got on C-Suite Radio. In fact, we've got some great ones. So, And of course, don't forget to tell a friend. That's how we grow. Thanks so much. Talk to you again. All right. You want to stop that and do the video again? Hey, everybody. I'd like to talk to you about the takeaway I had from today's interview with Rob Angel. Now, what a great name, Angel. You can't, you got to be good right there. But he is the founder of Pictionary. And we talk about how he made a multi-million dollar career out of a pen and a piece of paper. That's simple. That's how they did it. And I love the learning that I took away from this show, which was all about keeping it really simple, because keeping it simple took him to an old another dimension. In fact, 
not only did they turn down the very first offer, I mean, they kept going at it for a number of years, for over a decade and a half before they actually looked at the next big deal, all right? And of course, they cashed out. But think about it. They said, hey, we do games and we sell games. That's what they do. They broke it down right there. And I thought that was really cool. To break it down, that's what we can learn as entrepreneurs. That's what we can learn as business leaders is to take the most complicated things in the world the most complicated problems or issues, anything it is, and just break it down to simple things. And what he did to make uh, Pictionary very successful, he broke it down to the word list. You know, to start with that first word list, he had over 5,000 names, went to 2,500 names. That was the initial uh, release of the game, 2,500 different words that you could draw out. Very simple. You break it down. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazen. Don't forget to tune into not only our show, but all shows on C-Suite Radio, where we're turning up the business and turning up the volume on business. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.